Welcome to Ponderings from the Purse, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me as always, the lovely and talented, vivacious and omnipresent Priscilla McKinney. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning. I got omnipresent Yeah, you did. You did. I missed you, man. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, it's been at least three years since we spoke. Oh, that's not true. Come no, on. No, it's only been about seven months, but that's all right. Oh, you have gosh. you have been a busy girl. Good I heavens. Have. I have. Now, it's been so, fun. So uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm sitting down with someone who decided to take uh, a year off and go trek the world. So <laughs> so let's start with uh, where you went and what you've been doing. Well, um, it's not as exciting as you just let it all up to be. But oh, I really? Oh, all right. <laughs> but you know me when I'm traveling for work and and I'm and I'm speaking. I always take an extra day out and I go to museums. And so, of course, I've had amazing, amazing museum treks uh, this over the last year. And so, I am now in hunt for like the interesting, interesting museums. I did go to an amazing natural history museum in Amarillo. You oh. think, what is there in Amarillo besides those cars that are down in the dirt? You know, right. you know, I can forget yes. what that's called. But, yeah, I went to a really good museum there. But, of course, Chicago it's always figures in oh, in my yeah. travels. But, you know, I had London. So I had New York again. You know, you kind of get a lot of the usual suspects. I was right. out in Denver. Right. And, you know, so those kinds of things go on. But um, I'm looking this next year, my theme would be to go to very obscure museums. So it's going to be fun to report back on that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we'll have to do a uh, just a podcast on uh, Priscilla's Museum Hopping. Oh, I like that. I like that. I think um, so. I need a gig in New York set up because I already have this elevator museum in mind that I want to go see. The elevator museum? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. So <laughs> if, if you're out there and you need a speaker for a digital marketing event or a uh, thought leadership event or a personal branding or let's see, what else do I speak on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, elevators, up. perhaps. Elevators. I will speak on elevators. Can you please pay my way to, uh, to uh, New York so that I can go see this elevator museum? <laughs> <laughs> it's all a part of the plan, Dan. Wow. Yeah. Well, now, so with all this traveling, I can only imagine that uh, – that the people in your office uh, always stop you at the front desk to make sure that you work there. Yes, I uh, I, I don't get patted down, which is <laughs> okay. <sure>. Good, yeah, <laughs> which is uh, which is sad, but that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I get that at home; it's fine. Right. Um, no, it, they're just such pros, you know. So I, they're you know they just keep the everything running, and and the reality is is that my job here is not one. Thank goodness, I've I've, I've very diligently work myself out of being one of the cogs in the wheel. And I don't say right. that in any kind of a, you know, derision. Um, I, I, for many years, I was a cog in the wheel. I know how to be a cog in the wheel. Cog in the wheel is not beneath me. That's exactly what makes this wheel go around. But right. they are really gr a great team that allows me to stay up at a level of, you know, um, you know, pushing our vision for mm -hmm. the company forward. And also part of the things that I enjoy. I enjoy being out and speaking and talking with people and networking and all, you know, most of them here would be like, oh, my God, please don't make me do that. Right. <laughs> so, you know, everybody just has their role. And the reality is day to day here runs, you know, without me. I, I still am the acting creative director. So for the graphic team, 
I'm still involved in projects uh, in conception, and then they get the ball rolling, and I find that many times it went a direction I did not perceive, which I like better than the thought that I had, so that is fantastic on them. And then I still am the head copywriter, and, you know, we have a couple people who write, Leighton writes for me most often, and he is just fantastic. And so I have a very unusual team. I mean, that's a lead graphic person who also could put copy down. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. If, that's if you that's were my, a white elephant. Yeah, you would know how amazing that is. Um, and then the content marketing team, they just they know what they're doing. You know, we, we, we've spent years developing proprietary systems, so we know what's coming next. We have micro-action after micro-action. You know, we don't just blog and then it's done. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, so the team just runs like a top, and they when they need me, they call me. But, you know, I'm on a need-to-know basis around here, which is great. I get to talk to the clients. Right, and I get to right. talk about goals. We get to talk about profit. We get I get to talk with clients about, okay, how many new clients do you need? Like we get to get to the real stuff because I have time for that. I have time to really understand what's going on at our client's place of business. That's how it should be. Now let me ask you this. Uh, because you've been traveling so much and because you've been speaking to such a diverse crowd of people and been talking to various businesses what do you see has been like a common thread this year that Mm. businesses are struggling with looking forward to looking to trim back like what's what seems to be the general theme oh that's an interesting that's an interesting question okay and I, i i totally wouldn't even hesitate i actually changed well, I'm not changed. I actually created a new speech this year specifically to tackle an issue that I was getting questions on nonstop. Really? Yeah. And that is thought leadership. And some people would think, wait a minute, why are you talking about thought leadership? What does that have to do with digital marketing or with content marketing or with inbound marketing or with lead generation? Well, let me assure you, it has everything to do with that because you know, content is content and you know, you can't just write the same crap that everybody else writes. You have to right be different. Some people kind of fall into the point of view trap. Oh, well, we'll talk about something and give our point of view. Okay, well, it's only interesting so much. Then some people fall into the trap of listology. Seven ways to this, or eight ways to this, or nine Um, ways to want to kill yourself. Right. (laughs) It's just, at some point, that also can be a trap. And there's there's not one way to write, you know, good content. Um, And then some people just, unfortunately, in content, write about themselves. And I mean, by that, the company, you know, listen to me, listen to me. But if you showed up at a you know, a cocktail party and just stood around and just talked about yourself, you very quickly have no friends. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, people fall into these like content pits, I think. And the thing that um, people were talking with me about more and more over this year was that they had a dynamic CEO or they had several people. I'm just talking with a, a new firm right now that um, you know is interested in working with us and just preliminary, but they have a very dynamic CEO, but that CEO will probably be phasing out and they have a whole C-suite of people who are amazing in their own right, but they've been living in the shadow of this CEO. Oh, and so their questions are, how do we 
you know, we have real thought leadership, number one. How do we actually use that to our advantage? How do we incorporate that into our content marketing? If you look at the greats, there are greats who are out there doing it. I mean, Ariana Huffington, Malcolm Gladwell, Seth Godin. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a great poor hemplo of, you know, a thought leader who, and the company has been built around it. He has an empire built around that. Obviously, you know, you think of thought leaders like Elon Musk or Richard Branson, but Richard Branson is a great, uh, an example of this because he writes content, you know, and or, and, or, you know, I'm sure there's a ghost writer that writes for him, but it sure, comes sure. from his thought leadership. So now he sits on a couch, I'm sure, and just thinks, and someone else writes right. what he says. <laughs> and someone's Jobs. sitting there with a pad of paper taking notes. <laughs> exactly. Just mopping up, right? right? You know, or Steve Jobs. I mean, you know, you, you can think of the iconographic people like this, but companies are built around this thought leadership. And so people are coming to us and saying, yes, we know you're great at digital marketing. We know you're great at content. We know you have a system, you know, by which you, you know, have a process to systematically deploy and distribute this content. But, you know, how do we get more of our C-suite in that? And how do we differentiate our company? Like what, what, what's the, what would be the tipping point? You know, how much thought mm. leadership should we put in there and how much, you know, what, what, what are the, what's the balance and things like that? So I get, I got a lot of those types of questions and some people have that kind of, should we do thought leadership? That sounds kind of selfish. <laughs> you know, like it really? sounds like, yeah, it sounds like um, we're just talking about ourselves. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can't just talk you... about yourself. That's not right. leadership. <laughs> right. That's called narcissism. <laughs> exactly. So I've had a lot of interesting conversations around that. And I've come to one conclusion, Dan, that I think you will appreciate. What, what's that? I kind of get this feeling like if I have to explain thought leadership to you, then you probably aren't one. <laughs> <laughs> And not only that, but it's kind of like, uh, I don't even remember who said it, but if, you know, it's like jazz, right. I have to explain it to you. I, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> you won't get it. Over, right. You won't get it. Right. So, you know, so I think that there are a lot of people who intuit, I, you know, that they are a thought leader. Maybe they haven't had a platform yet and we are platform builders. Right. So, yeah. the, so they have these ideas and they know, they know intimately what should be done next in their industry or what kinds of ideas would, would really change things, but they don't have a platform, a way to share them. And so that's where, you know, I've been talking a little bit about thought leadership lately. And one thing that was, I think I've really been able to help a lot of people with is that I devised a quiz. That I, I know you took this quiz, so I'm kind of interested to hear from you. But I I created that quiz. Maybe you didn't know the backstory of how it came about. No. I created it because some people say, well, you know, I'm not a Richard Branson. Okay, nobody is a Richard Branson. But right, exactly. Branson. And it's kind of like Picasso said. When I told my mom that I wanted to be a priest, she said, well, why don't you become the pope? And when I told my mom I wanted to become, I don't know what it is, I'm, I'm totally mas mashing this up, but <laughs> that I wanted to be whatever, an artist, she said, well, or no, it wasn't an artist because he's an artist. I don't know, something. I want to be a cook. She said, why don't you become the top chef? And he said, well, instead I just became Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of idea of truly being yourself which is one of my favorite quotes from oscar wilde anyway everybody else has taken oh, uh, right. just be yourself you know yes, yes so this idea i was helping people understand that you know there's not just that one kind of 
visionary, crazy Elon Musk, you know, Richard Branson person out there. Right, right. You know, that's not the only type of thought leadership. And then people go, oh, yeah, I get it. Then they think of someone very inspirational. They'll think of someone who lost their arm in, you know, to a shark attack and oh, they get yeah, up and yeah. talk about how they still can do everything. Okay, that's inspirational. That's like, okay, wait a minute. That's not, <laughs> it's not all that thought leadership is. You know, there's a lot of different um, manifestations of thought leadership. And so I've been helping people understand that. So I can talk a little bit more about the quiz, but tell me what you got in the quiz. What what kind of a, a thought leader are you? Well, uh, before I get into that, uh, I just wanted to say when you, when you sent me the link for the quiz, I thought I was going to find out what Beverly Hillbilly's character I am. Oh. I thought I I was hoping for Jethro, but apparently uh, that was not where the quiz was going. Um, But I liked the quiz. I thought I thought the questions were were really spot on. I mean, you know, I've taken some of the the personality quizzes and some Mm -hmm. of the, you know, like the Myers-Briggs and all those type of things. and, And I thought that these questions were very concise and to the point. Like, actually, I was surprised there weren't more. Oh, uh-huh. But but based on what I uh, after when it all uh, when the dust settled, I was a visionary. Yeah, I see that. I that's interesting. I see that in you. You're very uh, future oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you talk. You talk in kind of big schemes, big picture. Do you still have it up? What your answer is? The visionary. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read, read that. <clears throat> And, then, and and tell me, like, what pieces, you know, fit you and what don't. What stands out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should say for, for people listening, you know, the idea is that, yes, there's visionary and there's inspiration. People think about that. But there's um, there's also some different kinds we're going to talk about. So I'm, I'm for example, for Hemplo, the radical. Oh. <laughs> like you, like you didn't know that already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of, I, I tried to sound surprised when you said right. That. Okay, it, thank it, you. It didn't really work though. But. All right, yeah. so <clears throat> I feel like I'm standing up in front of a class reading my Do summer you? report. No pressure, no pressure. All right, okay, all right. <clears throat> the visionary. While visionary thought leaders may not desire to see the future as clearly as Nostradamus, they certainly fixate on talking about it. Are, fix, are, are certainly fixated on talking about it. In fact, the future is definitely their most important way to frame any conversation. For the visionary thought leader, what the future could be gives meaning to the present. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, ooh. I, I wish I had a highlighter on my screen. I could <laughs> underline that. Uh, visionary thought leaders are not detail-oriented, but big-picture-driven. They are less concerned with how we get where we are going than about painting a picture about how awesome it is going to be when we get there in order to garner collective buy-in. That's very, very true. Mm -hmm. Collaboration is a source of joy for the visionary. They are likely to share knowledge with the hopes that by working together towards a common goal, learning is accelerated and ideation is streamlined. Ooh, that's really good, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like I should just, like, take this whole thing, blow it up big, and (laughs) 
wallpapered on my wall. Well, thanks. I worked hard yeah. on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a royalty check. Okay. The truth. The truth is, because they are always forward focused, the future never truly arrives for visionary thought leaders. Very true. In this way, their work is never done, and because of this, they are often misunderstood as dreamers. But they are not typically dreaming of their own success or gain. Their dreams tend to be centered around a drive for large-scale advancement for maximum impact. You're in good company. Other visionary thought leaders include Sir Richard Branson, who we've already been talking about, Mm -hmm. Larry Ellison, Elon Musk, and Steve Jobs. Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty good company, right? Yeah, I, f- I feel like I should ask someone for a raise. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll I'll be a visionary about my own raise. That'll be great. So for the C-suite that comes to me, who I you know I can see from a distance, of course they're a thought leader, but they're having their own like self doubts and like oh no, I you know I don't inspire. Like nothing bad ever happened to me. I don't inspire people. I'm like whoa 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 whoa. That's not all thought leadership. What is your style of thought leadership? And then it, when they take this quiz, they're like, oh, so, for example, if they were to read that and go, yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm a visionary. Okay, then I would help them with their content to wrap their content around a visionary style. So now they are very comfortable because, for example, for a visionary, they're not talking about details. They'd probably go, oh, well, I just don't want to write a blog because, you know, I don't want to write a how-to. Right. Visionaries don't write how-tos. No. Visionaries sit on a couch and pontificate, and someone else takes the notes. <laughs> and isn't isn't that funny that that's the that's where they would go to instead of like, wow, I, I would write a how-to. It's like the absolute worst thing you would want to do. Mm-hmm. Why would you go there first, and why do you think that's even important? I think that's a great question to ask too. Right. So this is a little bit of my ethos in terms of content uh, marketing and building a platform. And maybe other people think that sounds strange, but my ethos of it is play to your strengths. Let's look Mm -hmm. at who's on your C-suite or look who's in your leadership, uh, who's writing your content, what is their thought leadership style, and let's start leveraging that style for amazing writing. Right. Mm. And then someone like if you really are a visionary and you read that and you went, you get me, that's it. I'm like, well, let's write in that style for you. Right. Because you're going to get excited about the content. You're going to see things I didn't see. Or even for us, as we ghostwrite for so many companies, we once I know the kind of thought leader <laughs> that I'm dealing with, I can write in a better style for them. And then it feels like they're like, oh, yeah, did you write that or did I write that? That's right. like the biggest compliment we can get here. <laughs> I was going to say, that would have to be like the biggest kudo if they can't realize or figure out if you wrote it or they wrote it. That's like so seamless. No, it's, I remember the day that happened, even with uh, Leighton here, when he wrote something for me and he's, he is an amazing writer, but he had to be around me for quite a while. And he sent me something and I read it and I go, I came back and I was like, you know, Leighton, I, I'm like, I'm so proud of myself for writing this, first of all. (laughs) 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 But since you wrote it, I'll thank you. (laughs) Right. exactly, Exactly. But I said there was one piece in it where I'm like, but this I wouldn't have said. And actually, it's so deeply funny and so deeply like me that I don't even know how you got. It was like you got in my brain. Wow. It, it was just so good, you know. So I totally appreciated um, that. So here's mine. Here's mine. Oh, yeah, please, I'm, please. Read, read yours. I'm the radical. So I will pause here to say, you know, we're talking about thought leadership and really helping people, you know, 
uh, get in their own style so that they can write successful content pieces. And then obviously, you know, as a company, we're completely geared towards how do we distribute that effectively in order to get lead generation. But mm-hmm. this, anybody can take this quiz and apply it to better writing. You know, um, all of us have to do presentations, whether we like it or not. I happen to like it. Other people do not. Um, so, but once you kind of get in your sweet spot, you get more comfortable, you start being more persuasive and you have more joy in articulating your perspective. And that's really important for anybody who's having to generate content. And I don't care if it's just that you've got to stand up and say something at, you know, 10 minutes in the executive meeting. If you hone in on your style and you know, you know, how to couch your thoughts better then you would be so much more effective. It's really great on a lot of things. But I I know this is not – go ahead, put your shocked face on that I'm the radical. Yes. (laughs) If I could – if I could – if I had a picture, I'd look like Macaulay Culkin from the Home Alone poster. (laughs) It's just basically the burn it down mentality. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, So the radical. Radical thought leaders are catalysts. I cannot even tell you how many times I've been called the catalyst. So I'm a connector. Okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to quit right. commenting. <laughs> <laughs> they call us to change and, in fact, insist upon it. Much like a radical in science, once paired with the right combination of factors, radicals cause detonation. When they blow your mind, radical thought leaders create space for a new way of thinking, a new way of being, a new way of living. And it's funny because, you know, I wrote this not even thinking to myself. I wrote this based on the, you know, the responses. Okay, where would this go? And then later when I took the quiz and came back and read this, I'm like, oh, my God, this is me. (laughs) Because I even start um, when I was doing a speech that I used quite a bit that was about the future of social media. I know we've talked about that a lot. I started that by saying, I'm just here to change your mind. I, I, I I want you to see a different way of acting with social media. And that's how I started it. And I'm like, I looked back on that and thought, that's so interesting. I have been using my radical self, you know, in my speaking. And that's that's when I when I am myself and I'm not ghostwriting for someone else and I'm standing in front of the audience, I am this radical trying to get people to see a new way forward, right? Right. right. Okay. Radical thought leaders see new paths before others perceive a need for one. They are willing to walk away from previously deeply held beliefs, despite having incredibly strong convictions about their beliefs. Their leadership is not focused on collaboration, but on inciting change, which I will just say a funny Chris Holowaty story is that he constantly was like, yeah, Priscilla, we should collaborate on writing a song. And I'm like, you don't mean that. You and I, neither one of us are collaborators. <laughs> Finally, one day I got him to admit it. He goes, "No, I just want to go in a room and write it myself." He's like, "So you can sing it with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I'll talk to you later." <laughs> we are not interested. That is funny. Oh it's my not gosh. interesting in the creative process. Neither one of us want to collaborate. We collaborate right. about all kinds of other things and make connections and catalyze, you know, reactions. But in the creative process, we do not want to collaborate. But don't you think that's interesting that that it would be, I don't know whether it's like just a social graces thing or that he would even bring that up. 
I know. I think it's because we have a deep love of each other and we want to collaborate because we're connectors. But yeah. then we're like, it, the moment it comes out of our mouths, we're like, oh. Oh, good God, no. God. <laughs> Please. No. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll write a song and I'll bring it and play it for you. Exactly. That'll be... That'd be great. Um, bring the symbols. Right. Okay. <laughs> they are typically quite persuasive and articulate. Many are excellent writers. And in fact, many have composed a propaganda piece or two in their day. Uh, which is funny because I'm writing a piece right now that is total propaganda. <laughs> I'm writing one and, you know, and it's funny, it's a radical thought, but it is um, about uh, learning content marketing from the master. And it's basically kind of a what would Jesus do? It's basically look back on how Jesus was actually a master of inbound marketing. Oh, Wow. So this is kind of funny in retrospect. Oh, my gosh. I want, I want to read that. Well, it's coming. It's okay. very hard. Right. right. Okay. Uh, radical thought leaders can provide a much-needed boost to positive societal change because they demand action. In short, when radicals change our thinking for good, they change our thinking for good. Ooh. You're in good company. Other radical thought leaders include Naomi Simon, Claire Diaz-Ortiz, Simon Sinek, and Brene Brown, which was mm. so cool that I got at. And I'm like, but I wrote this, but I tricked myself. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so anyway, so there's the, uh, hopefully that kind of wet your whistle. So Dan is a visionary, I'm the radical, but there's also the revolutionary. And then there's, you're the inspiration. Oh. So you can have that too. So we've got the radical, the visionary, the inspiration, and the revolutionary. And Now, can you be, can you be, uh, can you be more than one? Does it uh, does it break it down like I'm no no sixty percent uh, visionary and no no, no. It doesn't I'm no. I'm all or nothing yes is what I, you're saying yes this is a social science like a you know I had to make the quiz where it branches off certain ways so oh, this gotcha. you know that's kind of a fun segue to say you know we do create you know, uh, quizzes for people. And I know a lot of people feel like kind of like the BuzzFeed, you know, like what vegetable are you or whatever. Right, is right. a lowbrow, you know, type of, a, you know, a quiz. But we can create very sophisticated quizzes for uh, companies. This, and it follows my rules. My number one rule about content marketing is always be helpful. This this is something that that for the the, the absolute uh, best audience, my ideal audience in front of me, this is something that helps them because they're in leadership. Every day they're faced with trying to articulate their ideas, pushing forward their you know their point of view of things, and I feel like it helps them a lot because if they could just understand their natural style, then they can be more persuasive and more articulate, and they can also. It's not just always about getting the job done. They can also just be more comfortable in their content mm, mm. and feel like they're in their own skin and they're not having to walk in that boardroom and be someone else. Right. You know? right. They're all taken. Just be you. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's a quiz. And anybody can take that. That's um, I have it on a, a link here. Um, so bit.ly forward slash thought leadership quiz. So go take it and send something into us. And. Kill two. I just thought of this, Dan. Kill two birds with one stone. We need a lot more reviews on iTunes. So instead of like writing some big gushing review, which I know you were going to write anyway about us, you instead you could just tell us what kind of a thought leader you are in there. You know, right after you hit five star rating. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Right after that. Right after that. Then you know, just to put it in the right order. But you know. Yes. I wonder. uh, Maybe you might get uh, more response if you actually made the quiz. What kind of Beverly Hillbillies thought leader are you? (laughs) 
Like, are you are you Jethro? Are you Granny? Perhaps I don't. Okay. Just a thought. Just a thought. Well, Leader. I don't. I don't know if some of the companies I work for would really appreciate it. <laughs> they wouldn't. But, <laughs> I don't Obviously know. Obviously, not forward thinkers. Apparently, I, I do have a couple that are very uh, quirky and let me do get away with a lot of very funny things. I work for a company called Big Squirrel. They're an ethnography company, and wait, wait, what's what is ethnography? And ethnography, um, they do qualitative research, and by qualitative, I'll emphasize qualitative. Like, so an ethnography, now, see, my degree is cultural anthropology, so now you're getting me going. So an ethnography <laughs> is a study of a culture, yes. right? A study oh. of and how they interact with culture. So, for example, for Haynes, they, you know, Haynes wanted to know, and I might mash up some of this, so, you know, everybody at Big Squirrel, forgive me, but... Uh, so just poor Hemplow, if Haynes wanted to know, why are we losing out in the toddler underwear market, right? So they can do all kinds of surveys. They can do all kinds of research. They can do, you know, statistical analysis of purchases. They can do all kinds of things that would be quantitative. So many people do this. So many people do this. 40% of moms choose this, you know, choosy moms choose Jif, right? Okay. So that's uh, quantitative research. But if you really want to know what's going on below, then you need qualitative research. So oh, the most obvious one that people think of is like focus groups, right? So you get people talking and open-ended questions and why why did you not, you know, buy the latest iPhone and yeah, right, this kind of qualitative. But then you call them big squirrel <laughs> when you really want to know what's going on. And for example, for a project for Haynes, they would do like a closet um, tour. So, uh, you know, a mom would be there with the toddler, but the toddler would then do a tour of their room. Well, they want to know how are they interacting in their space? Is Did they show underwear? Is underwear important? How are they interacting with that? Or they would go on a uh, go along with uh, uh, family shopping and why it's it's observation qualitative observation. They're not interrupting and saying, oh, do you like this pair of underwear? No, they're not saying anything. They're not asking questions or focus grouping it or anything like that. They're observing and writing and telling people very qualitatively what is happening in people's real worlds when they're unmolested. Right. So, you know, they, when those, when those thoughts are there or the way they truly are acting, not in the way that they think they, that the researcher wants them to react. (laughs) Right. So they embed themselves in actual real situations, you know, and, and there's all, there's, there's a gamut of it from, we, we work for so many different um, market research firms. Um, That's one of our specialties. And so, you know, we have ones that are hyper, hyper qualitative all the way through, you know, focus group. Like, hey, we're going to ask these six questions and then we're out, you know. So we have we have a lot of clients all down that spectrum. Right, right. Yeah. So and that's that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. I mean, it's nice since I have a degree in cultural anthropology. I already know where we're going, you know, with some of this stuff. But yeah. So anyway, I don't know how we got on that tangent. I I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like I just read that uh, that section of Reader's Digest that says it pays to increase your word power. Oh, well, because I did not even know that. uh, What was that word again? Ethnography. Oh, ethnography. No, that's. Anthropography, yeah, that's a yeah, holiday. Agnog- yeah, agnography is very different, and we're going to enjoy I that. I could be an agnographer, yes. I think. That would be, yes. all right, I'm putting that on my business card. Okay. I don't care. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, this has been awesome, Priscilla. Yeah, so- I, honestly, I feel like not only have I caught up with you in uh, where you are and what you've been doing, but, wow, talk about a whirlwind of what's 
going to go on for 2018. Yeah, yeah. I really think this thought leadership stuff, you you know, we started this thing by like what's trending and what are people talking? So what are they asking us? So I think it is interesting to think about what are people asking the experts? Because then we're right. like, oh, well, that's obviously on their mind. We need to, you know, I, I need to take those questions, which is what I did with this thought leadership, um, you know, speaking engagement. And I've been speaking about how to take your thought leadership pieces, how to amplify it through our platforms, through keywords, through social media promotion, through posts, you know, through getting on podcasts, through, I mean, and I, I take them through a lot of real practical tips and it get, got really, really practical, really, really fast, which is really appreciated. But it's still at the big piece of it. It doesn't matter how many things you do, the quality of what you do depends on how comfortable you are. And if you can figure out what kind of style of thought leadership you have, then you're going to be a lot more comfortable digging in and really, you know, and really honing your content. Wow, that's really great. This has been this has really been a, a fantastic. I'm I'm glad to see. I feel like it was confirmed that you are visionary. Sometimes you can guess it for some people. So did you get did you guess that? I did. I, I did. I did guess you? that. I was on the fence though about uh um about radical. Oh, and then really? I, I thought about it for a little bit, and I thought, no, I'm a radical, and I always think that you and I are really similar, only to have that proven wrong. Oh, uh, well, you <laughs> know, but that's, but it's, it's, we are, we have similar traits, but it's just, I, I think they are shown in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's certain things, you, you and I both love certain things. Right. Um, we're both very social, but even that, even once you say you and I are social, you're very social in certain settings. Oh, yes, absolutely. And then you're yeah. incredibly private in other ones, which has led me to believe that mm, I don't think you're the radical because radicals are just balls out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I, I like to wear pants. Right. <laughs> it was a metaphor, people. Oh, sorry. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Okay. Well, everybody well, enjoy the quiz. Take it and uh, get back with us. Let us know what you see. And, and if there's something else that you'd like to hear me talking about in my tour or in my blog, then let me know. No, I'd, I'd be happy to take a look at it, kind of round up my ideas and and give you my point of view. Yeah, and you'll put that link uh, in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Super fun. That'll be great. Well, thank you so much for uh, facilitating this conversation, Priscilla. This has been really good. I'm glad to, to find out I'm a visionary. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure my wife will be pleased about that. <laughs> uh, so why don't you go ahead and head on over to iTunes, and after you give us the five-star review, of course, uh, make sure you take the quiz and leave us a note of what kind of thought leader are you. We would love to know that. Priscilla, thanks for facilitating this conversation. And for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, This is Priscilla McKinney along with myself, Dan Ledbetter, saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова